Hey, hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and PCOS health coach and your host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I have a special guest, Megan. She's a fitness and nutrition coach. She spent over a decade struggling to find balance with eating and exercise. She lived in the land of extremes and truly believed the only way to get results was to spend hours on the treadmill and eat as little as possible. And it turned out that she was doing everything wrong. Um, This is in her own words. She was beating her body to the ground. She wasn't getting any results. And it wasn't until she learned to get the lean and toned body that she craved that she needed to actually do less and eat more. So now her passion is showing women how to do the same, teaching them how to move their body in the most effective way and eat food in order to fuel their body, moving away from restrictive eating and the diet mentality. So I'm super excited to welcome Megan today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing good. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity that I'm so excited to be here. Of course. I'm really excited to get into this topic with you because we do have a similar approach to health and nutrition. So I think it's going to be a great discussion and with some great topics that a lot of people ask about and that's really going on in the industry right now. So I think this is going to be a great interview with you. Uh, I can't wait. So with all of my guests, I really ask about why they got into what they're doing today because I usually see like a pattern with something they're struggling with that leads to them getting into the industry of health and fitness. So I know you're a fitness and nutrition coach and you had a lot of struggle with finding balance with eating and exercise. So I want to hear a little bit about that. What's your story and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. You know, isn't it so true that we we all have those struggles. And then as we work through that, we, a lot of us do get into that industry to help other women who are very similar to us. For sure. I see that as a pattern a lot. Yeah. It's that reflection of you can kind of really understand what your client is going through because you, you've been there and you've done that. And I think that's tremendous for helping clients as well because like you said you've been in their shoes so it's a lot easier to relate and then help them through their struggle right mm-hmm. absolutely and I mean when I was at a place where I was really struggling and I did hire my first coach I did hire her because her stories so much mirrored the struggles that I was facing right at that time and I was just drawn of you know thinking my god somebody else understands me and somebody else gets me and I'm not alone in dealing with this. For sure. Yeah. I think we all want to be accepted too and to be able to relate to one another. So I totally understand that when you are looking for a coach, I think that's a big one about their story. Um, You usually get, um, you're just attracted to different coaches and I think their story is a big factor in that. So I totally agree. Definitely. And for me personally, I, as you mentioned, I definitely had struggles in the past for many years with disordered eating. It kind of was a mashup of several issues. There was a lot of restrictive eating patterns. That was primarily my main one. I struggled a lot with orthorexia type issues, being very fixated on clean eating and being as healthy as possible. 
Uh, and then as well had some issues with binge eating, truthfully, just because of the ramifications that I was doing for restricting so long with my diet. In addition to that, which isn't a great coupling, but also had addiction to exercise. So there was a lot of strain on not only was I not fueling my body properly, I was barely eating anything, but I was obsessively exercising as well. And then I think, I don't know, you can kind of let me know your thoughts on this too. Body dysmorphia played a big role in in my struggles. And I think that that's probably pretty common with anybody who's struggling with with diet or exercise issues. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 They just, those, those three things kind of meld together. They're kind of a perfect storm for one another. And I, like so many people just started out with the intention of being healthy and I have a very addictive personality. And so I could always be a little bit better or get a little bit healthier. And that just kind of spiraled out of control very quickly. I um, caused a lot of health issues with my, with my years of the disordered eating, especially, and the overexercise for sure. Everything from broken bones in my feet from running too much to um, thyroid issues, hormonal imbalances. I lost my period for several years. And several of those issues I actually am still dealing with many years later. So it's not, that's another thing too that we don't really see when we're in the midst of it is how our actions at that point in time really can impact our health further down the road. Yeah, that's a lot going on. And I can very much relate to a lot of what you were talking about as well. And it's not just about, like you said, what's going on right now, it's going to be implicated in the future as well. And it's a lot of work that you have to do. Definitely. Um, and then, so did that really get you into coaching other women? Did that kind of spark your passion for doing that? It did. As I worked my way out of those issues and really worked on my journey to truly becoming healthy, not just labeling myself as healthy because I was eating as clean as possible and exercising like a maniac, which was not healthy at all. Um, I started to see this pattern in so many women, either on an online space or in women that I knew personally. You know, we think that we're told by this diet culture that the only way to really get results is to spend hours doing cardio every day and eat 1,200 or less calories. Like that's this magic cure to all of our issues. And really that's kind of the cause of all of our issues. I really think. Yeah. I was going to say, there's so many women who deal with this. Um, I've dealt with this kind of stuff too. So for you, you think it's about like the media that has a big role in this? For sure. I think, um, that's what we see constantly, whether it's on a magazine cover or, you know, that's a little bit more outdated, but now, I mean, open up Instagram or any kind of social media and that's, or Pinterest or anything you see. And it's this weight loss motivation and these goals. And it all really stems around let's eat as little as possible and you should be exercising as much as possible. 
Yeah, I totally agree. So that is definitely something that's on the rise as well. And I think it's great that people like you are out there starting to educate people, especially with your own experience. So what did your healing journey look like when you started to, what, did you have an aha moment where you're like, oh, actually, there's another way to go about this? I did. There were a couple. I can't necessarily say that there was one, Um, but I had really gotten to the point where I feared food so much that I, I had secluded myself completely and not just from social situations, like with my friends or going out to eat, but I had actually stopped going back to my parents to visit their house because they had a lot of my triggering foods. And that was so scary because I would spiral out of control so quickly there. And I knew that about myself. And so I made up every excuse in the book to not do things with my family unless they were on my terms. And that had gone on for long enough for me to really know like this, this is truly a problem. And I knew that I no longer wanted to live my life missing out on family dinners, family birthday parties, just simply time with my family because I was being so controlled by my fears. Yeah, that's a big one. I've definitely had moments like that too. And I think that when you start seeing your diet implicate the other areas of your life, like relationships um, and all of that, then yeah, I think that's a big factor, kind of a wake up call. So what did you start to do then? So I, like I said, um, social media can have its place as being fantastic and also a little bit of a a black hole, but thankfully on this end, I had found somebody on Instagram who was a coach and I, I had said her story really mirrored mine. And for the first time, I felt that I could talk about the struggles that I was going through. I am a very, not secretive, but I'm a very private person. And I pride myself on kind of having my shit together. <laughs> and <Yep. laughs> yeah, most people can kind of relate when in reality, we most of the time don't. But, but so I didn't even tell um, my my parents or my boyfriend or my closest friends that I was having these issues, even though they, it wasn't a surprise to anybody, but that was not something I talked about to anybody until I found this coach online and began to open up and worked with her. And we started implementing the key pieces that I now do with all of my one-on-one clients, some reverse dieting and really looking at how and why we're exercising and then as we need to do in any transformation really dug into why I felt this way around food and why I felt this way about my body and really work on repairing that relationship specifically with myself with my body yeah, and I think it's important to emphasize that it's not about the food at the end of the day. No. I don't know about you, but with myself and other clients, um, you can definitely see this pattern about trying to control the situation with food, but that just backfires on you because it's not about the food, right? So it's really 100%. digging and doing that work, the internal work. 
And it's so funny because, you know, when I really step back and think too, I thought that I was being in control of my food choices and how and when I moved my body. But in reality, I was a pawn. I was completely being controlled by my disordered eating and by my addictions. It had nothing. It was totally out of my control at that point in time. Yeah. And I think for you with kind of um, addiction patterns um, for myself as well, I've had patterns like that too. You want to control everything. Otherwise you feel like, like you said, you're out, you're out of control, but it's actually the opposite, which is kind of funny (laughs) when you let go of things and you actually find the control, I guess, because the food or the situation is no longer controlling you. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like the reverse psychology, the reverse dieting. It's, kind of looking at it at a different approach and not really looking at it from the way that we've kind of been brought up, Mm -hmm. but is interesting. And I definitely agree that a coach is somebody that, especially if you're in this situation, um, it's going to be very helpful because they've been through what you've been through and they can coach you through the different steps um, instead of just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and just doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that, um, the accountability of having a coach is so important. I know for a fact that I could not have done a reverse diet or done the steps that I need to do because they were so scary and they were so uncomfortable to me unless that I knew that each week I was going to have to check in with this lady and be open and honest about like, I, I knew that she was going to be there to hold me to the tasks that I needed to do that week to heal myself. Oh, for sure. And I think that is probably the number one thing people are looking for as well in a coach. It's the accountability. They need somebody to hold their hand and to check up on them and to ask them why they didn't want to do something or whatever it is. Um, totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about working out because um, obviously you specialize in fitness and nutrition, but we're going to talk a little bit about the workout component first. Um, so as you mentioned, um, there is a lot of talk about like the cardio bunny and just going on a treadmill for hours and people spending time at the gym for like one to two hours are running until you basically break your bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm starting to see a trend now about working smarter not harder so what can you uh, say about that yeah this is my bread and butter right here I mean (laughs) this is (laughs) this is one of the first conversations that I have with my clients is you know what you're so right what we've been told for so long is we're finding time and time again is just no longer the case and we can get a better more effective workout in 30, 45 minutes than we can in several hours of just running on a treadmill or doing something that you're not really enjoying. And um, a couple things that I, first of all, I do want to say when it comes to exercise, there's no one answer for everybody. There's no one size fits all. So what I approach with my clients are tactics that they can use. And if it's not a good fit for them, then we change it and we modify it to match what is their taste and what they really are comfortable with. Um, But I do really, really strongly believe in strength training. 
as kind of the number one thing that we start to shift our focus on taking away time from only doing cardio and making sure that we are doing actually more of the majority of our time in some kind of strength-based workout. Uh, and then incorporating some HIT workout or high intensity interval training work into their program to replace some of that prolonged steady state cardio. And so what would you say you see a difference when you transition from like cardio to HIT and strength and why would you see like a difference? Yeah. So this is the coolest part of all. I was started my journey in primarily only, only, only doing cardio and was a diehard runner. I ran every length of race. I ran marathons, spent more hours than I could even imagine running. And it helped me lose weight in the beginning of my fitness journey, but I kind of hit a place where I was plateauing and I was eating very little and my body never really changed in the way that I wanted it to. I never had that lean tone muscular look that I was striving for, for ages. And when I transitioned into strength training in a matter of months, probably two months, my entire physique changed. And it was, it was amazing. I feel like wow, why did I not listen when everyone was telling me to stop the running and start strength training? Because this is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible when you see the results on yourself, right? You're like, oh, actually, this works. Yeah, and you guys have probably all seen, you know, the pictures of, oh, the Instagram's really great at showing or people post these all the time of kind of the split screen of mm-hmm. the same girl at the exact same weight but she looks like a completely different person. Oh yeah, I love those photos. At the beginning when I first saw those, I was like, what, how is this possible? But it's crazy. And that's why I love the idea of like not having to focus on the scale either because it has nothing to do with it, right? Not at all. Your body composition totally changes. And so for me, and maybe I'm wrong, I think a lot of women really right now, it's really thankfully, um, praised for women to have muscle tone and to be strong. And if they want that, that really truly boils down to you need to be lifting weights and you need to be challenging your body in that way. Totally agree. Yeah. And I definitely see a trend with the hit and strength. And even I've seen studies on like really short workouts. Like I saw this bike workout for like three minutes and it was equivalent to like a two hour workout, but it was so high intensity. So literally you don't have to spend like two hours at the gym anymore. Even an hour, you can do something in like 30 minutes, which is awesome because everyone's so busy now and we're just like, go, go, go all the time. We don't have time. So I think it's great for like that busy lifestyle as well. And especially for stress management, it's a, a much more sustainable option. A hundred percent. I think that's why a lot of people get turned away with exercise too, or get discouraged because you're right. We're all running around with a million things on our to-do list. So getting, you know, we get really into that all or nothing mentality then very quickly. You know, like if I can't be at the gym for an hour or more, why am I even going to go? 
totally agree. And so what would you say um, for somebody who has no idea where to start with their workouts? Like, how do they find the right workout that's fit for them? Because as you said, it's not like a one size fits all either. Yeah, and that's a great question. Truthfully, a lot of it is going to come with testing out the waters, you know, try a handful of different things and see what, what feels comfortable for you, what you like, what fits into your schedule and how does, how does that move with the rest of your life and what else you have on your plate. So it is going to be, it is going to be a little bit of trying a couple different things for um, some easy go-tos. If you do have access to a personal trainer, whether that is at your local gym or online, having somebody to help guide you and help give you the very basics takes a lot of pressure off of people. And that can be really relieving for people. I think it's gotten a lot better, but there's, I, f I feel like women sometimes can get very, um, just not discouraged, but maybe a little bit shy or anxious about stepping into that weight room when they really don't have an idea of what they're doing. And so having somebody there that can show you just some basic lifts and some fundamental things can be very helpful with a trainer. YouTube is another option that has fantastic resources for workouts. You can search I want a leg workout or I want an upper body workout and you get a million zillion videos that you can watch at home and see if that's something that would work for you and the equipment that you have. Getting guides too. This gets a little bit murky, but um, finding a guide online that a, a, a nice trainer, I shouldn't say a trainer, a nice, a qualified <laughs> trainer um, has created is helpful. I truthfully use people's guides and workout plans often because if I have something that I can follow, great. I have a plan. I can stick to it. But if not, I'm just kind of aimlessly wandering and suddenly a half hour has gone by and I've done like two squats. So <laughs> like just that structure can be very, very helpful for people as well, I think. Yeah, I love it. And I love how the variety is just how much of variety there is for the different resources now that we have, like online, in person, oh, um, yeah. books, whatever it is. I mean, there's not really any excuse anymore if it's time or money or whatever. Um, you literally can find something. It's ridiculous how we're so lucky now to have the internet and all of these resources now, like free or paid. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's some great apps too. Like you said, even like a paid service, there are some wonderful apps out there that you can subscribe to and just get workouts directly on your phone that you have with you to do at home or when you are at the gym. Do you have any um, apps that you really like? I have a couple. Um, one of the apps that I really like is Trainerizer. Yep. Love that one. Yeah. And there. I can create a workout in there and send it to somebody. I can create a workout for myself or there are stock workouts in there. That's one of my go-tos. Um, if I'm really searching for something in, in need of the other apps that I actually kind of like are apps um, 
that help keep time or that can play around with different times if you are doing hit or different circuit type workouts. So I have one that's a smart WOD or workout of the day that you can set all these different timers and play around with this. And so you again, don't have an excuse of like, oh, I need a clock or I need this. Like you just set your phone down. It prompts you. It helps you move from exercise to exercise. So some of those I really enjoy also. Awesome. Yeah. So, and then another question I want to ask um, for workouts would be, I think this is very common. I've definitely had this multiple times is when you hit a plateau mm-hmm. and you know, you just don't feel like it's really doing anything for anymore. You're not really seeing the results. What are your recommendations when you hit that plateau? Mix it up. <laughs> Do mix it up. Get out of your comfort zone get off of what I just do something totally different is one going to be very helpful to you. Our bodies love to be at homeostasis. They love when everything's easy and clicking and just at baseline. And so as soon as we start to add in different, even if it's different exercises or a different class or a different if you're a runner, instead of running on a treadmill, run on a trail, something just a little tweak makes a huge difference in plateaus. Yeah, totally agree. And then if you're like doing weights, then I guess you could like up the weights a bit. Um, And then I think, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I have a workout and I, well, I obviously want to sweat, so that's a good indicator. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of want to have bit of soreness you know just like that good soreness yeah I'm a little bit of a junkie for that yeah you know yeah and again like take this with a grain of salt because you remember like I have a very addictive personality here but (laughs) um (laughs) no it it, it's true you know do you want to feel sore every single day when you leave the gym no if that's the case we really probably got to evaluate where you're at but But if you are getting to a point where like, man, you know, it's been a month and I'm doing the same strength program and I don't, I don't really feel sore anymore. That's probably a good indicator that you do need to add some weight or you do need to tweak your move just a tiny, tiny bit. So it's a little bit new and you do kind of feel that stiff and soreness. That's a good sign that you are working your muscles enough. Right. Totally makes sense. So now I want to steer gears a little bit into the diet. So how do you approach eating now? Because you said you were really into like the restriction um, and then going into the orthorexia, binge eating. So how do you approach um, eating now? Yeah. Um, So I really, I've always come at, at my journey with health as I want to do this And I want to walk this path because I really do want to be as healthy as possible. And so I do focus on as whole foods. The bulk of my diet does come from fruits and vegetables and whole grains. And um, I am a vegetarian, so I get in plant-based sources of protein and as many plants and variety as I can. That being said, I can now look at health very differently than I did when I was struggling with my disordered eating. Health now means if there is, I'm out to dinner and maybe 
we're having a soup or a sandwich or something that I typically wouldn't eat, I can sit down and eat that and feel very comfortable and confident in eating that. Because I know that health truly means that you live a balanced life and that not every day is going to be a quote unquote perfect day of eating. But if you're eating foods and you're never feeling satisfied or you're never feeling fulfilled, it's you're, you're lacking something. Something is missing. Yeah, and I think it's beautiful when you can get to that um, level of being able to eat something that you usually would have maybe freaked out about. Yeah. And it's just being able to trust your body. I mean, you can handle a cheat meal or whatever it is, you know, like your body can handle it. I think I kind of go by like the 80-20 rule by, you know, focusing on whole foods, kind of like you, um, same thing, mostly plants. Um, but then if I eat something I'm not supposed to, quote unquote, it's not the end of the world, but I'll enjoy it, right? Yeah. And I think you really nailed it too when you're saying like, you're enjoying it. You're being mindful of what you're eating. You're choosing to eat something that maybe isn't as nourishing as another option, but it makes you feel good. It tastes good. And you can have that in moderation and then take the guilt away from that and just be done with it. Like food's just food at the end of the day. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that if you have to kind of hide it or literally inhale it and then you just kind of like, you end up binging and you're in this cycle and it's just not pretty. So yeah, especially being able to chew your food, like you said, totally and just enjoy it and say, I'm going to eat this and just like say it to the world and then just eat it and enjoy it. And I think that that's a way better way of eating and enjoying your food than just kind of inhaling it, right? Yeah. And I think too, that when you start to implement that, you can really then start to listen to your body and say, oh, wow. Okay. So I had three desserts today. I didn't feel very good. Not because I feel guilty, but because my stomach kind of hurts or wow, I haven't been eating the best. And now my skin isn't looking as nice. Like you can start to see how different foods affect you and then choose if you want to eat those or not, knowing this might not make me feel that great. And is that really the route that I want to go down? Not yeah, binging or inhaling because my God, I haven't eaten a gram of sugar in three weeks. I don't freaking care. I'm going to eat whatever I see. Yeah, I love that you said that. Um, it's just being in tune with your body, right? I mean, especially if you think that you shouldn't eat something because somebody told you to, but then you actually don't feel good when you eat it, then mm -hmm. that's a whole different ballgame, right? Yeah, yeah. And it so totally works the other way around. Like you could tell me I need to have a wheatgrass shot every morning because it's really good for you. Like there's good nutrients and it's healthy. If it, if I'm, almost vomiting, taking this in, like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like, just because exactly. somebody told me it's healthy doesn't mean that I like it or I should eat it. Yeah. Or then you might react to something. Like I know people who are allergic to spinach doesn't mean yeah. spinach is bad. Spinach is really healthy. Right. So we're all exactly. Different. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to talk a little bit about repairing your metabolism with a reverse diet. Cause I know you went through this journey with your coach. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? Um, what does a reverse diet look like? Yeah. So a reverse diet is just that, the opposite of dieting, um, but a little bit more complex than, than, a little bit more controlled, I should say, than dieting and with a purpose. When you reverse diet, 
it often happens when people have been dieting for a prolonged period of time. And as I mentioned before, our body really likes to be in that homeostasis. It really likes to adapt quickly and then sit at that baseline where it's adapted to. So when we diet for so long, our metabolism starts to adapt. And that's why we plateau often with our weight is because if you start at eating 1200 calories, you might lose weight, but then your metabolism gets used to that. And now you have to eat 1000 calories to lose weight. And that cycle just goes on and on. So the idea with reverse dieting is to repair that metabolism, is to slowly, in a controlled fashion, add in calories, typically with carbohydrates and fats, because that's usually what we cut out when we're dieting, a little bit by little. So maybe a couple grams each week, and then the metabolism starts to adapt to having more food and it starts to have a new baseline that's higher than your resting baseline was before. And when you do that, the idea with reverse dieting is that we're really looking for lean muscle gain or very little change in your current body weight. For some people, if you're not at a healthy weight, if you're very underweight, or especially like if you've just come off of a a competition, a fitness competition, or you've been restricting and you're really in a unhealthy place, weight gain is needed. It's necessary and it's going to happen when you reverse. But the idea is to do that slowly and also do that so we are adding, again, lean muscle mass instead of fat mass. Right. And then since you are getting more food in your system. At the same time, if you're doing the HIIT and strength training, you're also going to be burning more because um, the muscle is going to be burning calories, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, that coupling of that reverse dieting with that HIIT and the strength is this beautiful mashup that we get, again, that lean toned look. So many times when you're restricting so much you don't have that lean muscle mass simply because your body's barely getting in enough calories to function from day to day, let alone build muscle. Like you, you cannot build muscle while you are restrictively dieting. You, maybe when you start for like a month or two, you can, we call them newbie gains. After that, you actually cannot. So if you do want to build muscle, we do need to be eating enough to support that growth. Yeah, I love that message. It really kind of um, contradicts the classic model of eat less, exercise more, whereas here we're exercising less, but eating more and actually getting the results you want. So that's just, I think everybody wants to hear that, right? (laughs) Well, and and when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, nice line, lady on Instagram. Like, that's not how my body works. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, you reeled me in with that sales pitch. Good <laughs> job. But when it, you actually do the do, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You this weren't lying. Like, yeah. This is real life. Yeah. Thanks. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And so, do you recommend tracking your macros doing this? Yeah, um, I do with a reverse diet. I don't ever 
talk about tracking macros in a way that that's a sustainable lifelong process. I don't think that anytime we have to track our food, that is something that we should do long-term. I think it's a great learning tool. And especially if somebody is coming and they're very timid or nervous about gaining weight, um, making sure that we're being really accurate with tracking macros is helpful in that process. But then as that starts to get more comfortable, that's when with my clients, we start to pull away little bit by little on how much we're tracking and start to move into a place of intuitive eating. Completely agree. I I really like that you said that. I think it's, yeah, when you're learning how to kind of eat properly and include the right macronutrients, it can be really great to kind of see the numbers. But then your body kind of gets accustomed to like what you need to eat. Like for me, I used to do that. And now I kind of just eyeball my bowls now because I know how much like carb, fat, protein makes me feel good. Um, so it's like intuitive now, right? And then you kind of listen to your body signals, but yeah, it's definitely not sustainable if you have to go on the computer or use an app every day and put it in. I mean, I think I did that for like a week or two at one time. And at the end I was just like, oh my God, I'm just over it, you know? <laughs> it does, And then that also becomes another very addictive and obsessive piece. Mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't want to fall back into that trap. No, 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 no. And last question for you would be future pacing. So you mentioned that at the beginning. Um, What is it and how do you use it in your health journey? Yeah. So future pacing is something that my coach worked with me and I fell in love with it. And now I've implemented it into my daily life and implement that in all of my clients' programming as well. So future programming is basically you thinking about a situation or a challenge that you may have, but you're putting yourself through all the hard work of it. You're putting yourself on the end of it when you've already accomplished a goal. And you use language instead of when I repair my metabolism or when my relationship with food is better. Instead of the when, you say, I have a healthy metabolism. My relationship with food is balanced and supported. You're using transformative language and putting emotion and thought and feeling on what it's like when you accomplish your goal. And what happens in our mind when we do this over and over again is we're actually training our subconscious mind to believe that to be a fact. And what we think and say becomes our reality. We really, truly, every day get to create our reality. And if we're, if we're in the power of creating our reality, why not create, a, create one that we love? I'm obsessed with this. It's kind of like affirmations and manifestation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, it's exactly that. It's, it's melding the two together and and doing it enough until that becomes where we're at. And our mind has, we don't know the difference between fantasy or reality. In the moment, our mind can only process this is what's happening or this is what I'm thinking. 
It's why you get scared when you watch all those dumb Halloween movies that were just on. <laughs> and you cry when a little puppy is by a kid. Like you, our mind doesn't know the difference between that. And so if we are putting those thoughts in our mind, if we're saying, wow, I feel so great around food. I don't have anxiety around food. I get to walk into a restaurant and pick whatever I want off the menu and eat it without guilt. We start to believe that. I love it. And I love that you add this into your coaching because I think the nutrition is really important. The exercise is really important, but the mind is so important. It leads the body. And for me, I definitely did like everything, lifestyle, nutrition for a long time, and I hit a plateau, was until I addressed the mind that I had a huge change. So I'm a big fan of this, and I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Do you do affirmations or manifestation or any of this kind of work? Oh, yeah. Every day, I'm literally obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I am too. That's kind of my new... And yeah, when you start... When you start seeing the result, like I use it not just for my health, but like career-wise, relationships, um, my dreams, goals, and you, I literally see things manifest quickly or not quickly. It's almost scary, but it works, so. And and totally can work in the other way around too, right? Like if we're constantly telling ourselves, I'm always going to be overweight. I'm never going to have a healthy relationship with food. Like I'm never going to look like that girl at the gym. You don't because you set yourself up to be that way. Yeah. And I think that one struggle that I, I'm kind of getting over as well in certain aspects of my life. And I think a lot of people might be asking themselves is what if they don't believe it? Like for instance, if they look in the mirror and all they see is fat and you want to say, I'm beautiful, I'm slim, I'm whatever. But if you don't believe it because of the proof in front of you or the proof of your history, then do you have any like tactics for that? A couple. One is you just fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Like you just, <laughs> it is. And it is so uncomfortable. It is. And, but to keep practicing that. And if that seems really far-fetched to look in the mirror and say like, oh, I'm beautiful and I love my body, even though I don't, then pick something about yourself that you love. Start there. Okay, so physically, maybe totally detach from that. But you can say, wow, I love how empathetic I am with the people around me. Focus on something internal and then I often will make my clients, they can use internal things for about a week or two. And then I say, okay, cool. Now tell me three physical things you love about yourself. Maybe it's you have blonde hair and you like the way your eyes look. Great. And then we keep pushing that a little, little, little until that feels a little bit more comfortable in those conversations. I love it. That's really powerful exercise you can do. And I think a lot of people could really use that because I think it is a struggle, uh, especially if you've always been a certain way or you've always believed something that can be hard to change that. But I think it's also like doing the little baby steps every day. Right. And then that Mm -hmm. really turns into a habit. Um, I think it's like 21 days to break a habit. So once you do like every day, even five minutes, I think that can really add up too. Yeah. 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 We didn't get 
into a negative headspace overnight. So we shouldn't ever expect to suddenly pop out of it overnight either. Oh, for sure. And then the quick fix too, like you didn't get sick overnight, so you're mm-hmm. not going to get healthy overnight yeah. either. It's so being yeah. patient and just being consistent. Exactly. So what are your top tips for someone struggling with their weight and work and working out or exercising? If you had like one or two things for someone just starting out and they don't know what to do, what would you mm-hmm. say? I think my number one that I always say is I want to know why. I want to know why you want to start exercising, why you want to lose weight, why you want to gain weight. I want to know why. And really making sure that they're tying their why to some emotions, not just using, oh, so I can look better. Okay, cool. Well, tell me how you're going to feel. You know, are you able to get up and run around with your kids because your stamina is better? Are you able to wear a special dress? You know, tie something so there's something that they go back to. And that helps people when their motivation starts to dwindle is instead of it being an external goal, you now have something very internally pressed into that as well. Love it. That's great. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for everything. This was a great um, discussion. Where can we find you, Megan? Uh, What are you up to? Yeah, I am on Instagram at fit. It's F-I-T-T and fierce. That is kind of my main playhouse. I think everybody loves Instagram these days. I'm definitely fall into that, that groove. Um, and stay tuned because I have a website that's coming really, really soon. So um, I'll be chatting a little bit more about that on my Instagram and promoting some of that too. Yay, I'm so excited for that. I do follow you on Instagram and I love your workouts. Every oh, day I you. see a new video and it's really inspiring. Um, I you. save some of them because they look really cool. So um, keep it up. I love your yeah. stuff and I'm so excited for your new website. Oh, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for coming on. I had a blast talking to you and um, thanks again. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. As usual, if you love it, um, if you find anything useful, I always appreciate a rating and review. Um, Just go to iTunes and you can rate and review. And I'm also sending you guys um, a free PMS hacking guide to anybody who rates and reviews. So just screenshot it and send me uh, the screenshot and I'll send that to you. Really, 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 really appreciate it. And just a side note for any of my PCOS sisters out there struggling with their PCOS, um, my online course is being um, relaunched and I'm looking for some beta testers. So if you are interested, um, definitely let me know. You can shoot me a message or check my website, laurenceinez.com. Um, you can contact me through Instagram as well. Um, but basically this course is all about, um, taking the steps to healing your PCOS naturally. So we go through what it is, um, diagnosis, as well as the basics of healthy eating. We go through the different steps of managing your blood sugar, your stress, your adrenals. Um, we go through testing, through hormone balancing, period hacking, Um, We go through some mindset exercises. There's workbook and homework after every week, and it's about eight weeks long. So I'm super excited for this. Um, It has a lot of valuable information, lots of resources like recipes and different exercises for you to do. So it is um, hands-on as well. 
So I am looking for a few ladies to be beta testers of the online program. It's self-paced, so totally self-paced um, to you. So if you're interested, definitely shoot me a message. I will be posting on my social media outlets um, within the next week or two. Um, so stay tuned for that. And I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, thank you for listening.